This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, it's been a little while. How you doing? It's been a while, Jared, but uh, doing good. How about you? I am not doing too bad, guys. First, I want to say I apologize for not posting very much lately. We, as a college, Hope International, were on the road this last week. I am... Also trying to finish up my master's. I'm taking two classes to do that. I graduate in five weeks. And Nate started a, a new job as well. His pitching coach, one of the pitching coaches at Orange Lutheran High School. And we've just gotten busy. You know, I've barely been in. Actually, I'm going to be honest here. I don't even think I watched any of the Blue Jays series. I think that, I, I, I mean, yeah. Thursday, what was it? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we were on the road traveling and playing games. So I wasn't able to watch. Sunday got rained out. I finally was able to watch the game tonight, and I look at the standings, and the Angels are 7-3. and three. So, good start to the season, right, Nate? Oh, absolutely. Very good start. Yeah, super excited. Ten games in. But first, before we get going, Nate, I know I always start off with a question, but I actually have a stat of the night because I'm pretty good with those things. I find some really interesting stats, and the stat of the night, and it's a fun one, David Fletcher has only swung and missed four times in the first 10 games. Are, are you impressed by that at all? Yeah, I mean, he he's very good with the bat. He does not strike out very much. and I mean, that's that's what he's there for. I mean, he, he reminds you of David Eckstein all the time. And I mean, I'm sure Eckstein swung and missed more than this. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's damn impressive. He missed He swung and missed twice. In the 10th game of the season, which was tonight when we are recording this, this podcast will come out tomorrow morning, which is actually this morning if you're listening to this. I'm sorry if I'm confusing you guys, but back to the David Fletcher stat. He swung and missed twice in game one against the Kansas City Royals in one at-bat. He ha- he doubled his swing and miss total in one at-bat. The last time be- before that, he didn't swing and miss until the second game of the year. That was the last time he swung and missed against Dallas Keuchel. And then before that, he swung and missed one time on opening night. That is freaking impressive to me. That Honestly, that's one of the most impressive stats in all of baseball, to not be able to swing and miss that often. We, we see David Fletcher go up there and kind of flick his wrist, dump in. He gets out the sand wedge and puts a ball within a couple feet of the pin, a couple feet of the right fielder, and drops in a double. I mean, it's, it, it's damn impressive, Nate. So... 
I don't know if you have anything else to add on to this stat, but I, I just think it's one of the most impressive stats in baseball. It, it really is. Yeah, it, it's very impressive, especially in a day and age where strikeouts are king and everyone is striking out a lot, and he is just not swinging and missing. And it, It's a lost art in baseball. It really, really is, and... I know the whole theme of this season was let's get back to 1985, which is what Joe Madden's been saying, and it, and it seems to be working at the moment. The philosophy seems to be working, and we'll kind of get into how we feel about how everything's going down. Nate, I think I know we've been talking off the record, and you probably have some mixed emotions. I get text messages from you every once in a while saying, WTF, what is going on? Why are they doing this? And sometimes I'll send you that as well. And, you know, we can complain a little bit, and that's that's what we're here to do, but not quite yet. But, guys, before we get going, great show planned. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening, tuning back into Talking Halos. Like I said, I know we kind of took a little bit of a break as the season started. We got a little bit busy, a little bit caught up with things, work and all that stuff. But we are back. We are going to be posting about three, four times a week, I promise you. Hopefully, Nate has the availability. We're going to get on a whole bunch of fun guests. We're going to talk about... Everything in the world of baseball, including Angels baseball, now that Angels baseball season has started. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. If you could, share this podcast with a friend. Go out there, tell them we have the best Angels podcast because I really, truly think we do. We have so many great fans that come on, so many great guests that come on, a super great insight, a great team here at Talking Halo. So, share it with a friend. Let them know that we have a great podcast and they should listen to that. Guys, if you don't follow us on any of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, go do that real quick. Pause it. I'll give you a second if, if you pause it. Go follow us on all those accounts. And always follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Follow Brock at B-D-R-O-X-8. Follow Nate at NateGreen34. Follow John at John, And follow Derek at DCApollo. And if you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or just want to stop in and say hi, shoot us an email at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. And I promise we will get to all of them. And before we get going, guys, give us one second to pay the bills. Hey, everyone. Before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and you name all the other ones you got them okay the best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, guys, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk some Angels baseball. And like I said at the beginning of the show, the Angels are off to a fantastic start. Best record in the AL at 7-3 and three as you're listening to this fantastic podcast. Nate, how are we feeling about the start of the season? I know we're only 10 games in, but let's you know, kind of feel it out. How do you feel about it? Cautiously optimistic. That's fair. I get it. You know, and and so am I. I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic about the season. But man, when things are going, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. The offense seems to be rolling. 
I don't know if it's going to continue at this pace. Starting pitching has been average. You know, I know if you're looking at ERA, they haven't been great. If you're looking at FIP, they've been pretty dang good. Striking out a lot of, striking out the most, you know, in the AL. 69 strikeouts for the, through the first 10 games. That's a very nice stat, if I have to say so myself. And 10 games, 7 wins. The, the hottest start for the Angels since, I'd have to go back and look. They're first in the AL West. A lot of positives. Nate, give me one positive before we get to all the negatives you have to say. No, uh, definitely one positive is Jared Walsh. I mean, we talked about it a lot during the offseason. Is Jared Walsh going to perform? Is this going to be his job to lose? And he has come out firing hot. It's been fantastic. Uh, I think you and I were both at the game. He hit the walk-off and pipped it, which, oh, man, that was fantastic. But, uh, yeah, Jared Walsh has been a big, big bright spot. Yeah, Walsh has been fantastic. I always kind of worried, you know, about what is Walsh going to do this year? How is he going to adjust to pitching? And it seems like pitchers are adjusting to him, and Walsh is making the right adjustments at the moment, and it has been fantastic. Back to the record, guys. The Angels, at the moment, according to Fangrass, are projected for 87.5 wins, so 87 if you round it down, and 75. They have a 55.6% chance of making the playoffs Nate, how do we feel about these projections? Do we think they're right on? I mean, they're probably going to fluctuate a little bit, but 87 wins, I think that's right about where I had them, Nate. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm I'm still, like I said, cautiously optimistic. Rendon got put on the uh, IL today, uh, Fowler's out for the year. We'll get to those um, in a second. I, I'm just saying, there's just a lot of things going on right now, and if you look at the Angels lineup it's being carried by three guys right now. Can can they carry the load, and how long can just those three guys carry the load? That's going to be a big, big question. Well, to be fair, Nate, most teams are carried by just a few guys, and then a lot of role players. And I think that's kind of what we've seen in the first 10 games so far, is the Angels have been carried by Mike Trout, Jared Walsh, and Shohei Otani, correct? That's it. Okay. And you look around, and the rest of the lineup has just been role players. Fantastic. I know we just talked about it. Rendon's going on the DL, and Rendon's a big piece to miss. But if the Angels continue to have role players that will hit in clutch situations, David Fletcher, we mentioned him at the beginning of the show, not striking out. Great leadoff hitter. Not swinging, missing very much either. And that's a solid role player right there. Jose Iglesias is playing spectacular defense. And he's been, you know, I don't think the offensive numbers have quite been what we wanted to yet, but he's been okay. Uh, Jose Rojas hasn't gotten his first hit yet. I know he's chomping at the bit to do that. And we haven't even talked about the pitching at all yet. And it, it just seems like this team has been pretty freaking clutch down the road. Dexter Fowler, who's going to be out for the season, had some real clutch hits in the first couple of games. And I, I know there was one one moment where we were sitting there and thinking, why is why is Dexter Fowler coming in the game to pinch hit here for, I forgot who he came in for, and it was like, what in the world is going on, or why don't we pinch hit for Dexter Fowler? I think that was what it was. Yeah, that's and, what it was. Yeah, and I think it was the Blue Jays game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I was able to watch the, the the last bit of that. Was it the Blue Jays game? I, I can't remember. It was, it was a home game. Uh, wasn't it the Astros game when he singled the left with the bases loaded? That's what we, I was at that game. How did I just blank on that? It was, and it was like, why, why is this going on? And and Pujols has been clutch. It it just seems like 
the recipe for success is there on in the lineup right now. And honestly, like I said, you look around the league and most teams are carried by three or two, three, four really freaking good hitters. And the rest of the team is just average hitters who come up clutch, get on base in front of those guys. So I, I think the offense has been right where where it needs to be. Now, when we look at pitching on the pitching side of things, how do we feel about that? The the starting pitching hasn't been too shabby to start off the season. I know the ERA isn't there, but a lot of strikeouts. The FIP is looking really good. Jose Quintana has had two rocky starts. Alex Cobb has had two great starts. Dylan Bundy has been pretty solid through two starts. Heaney's been a coin flip. How, how do we feel about this? You know, I'm not a huge strikeout guy. It's a sexy stat. It looks good in the box score, but I, I don't care. If if you can't get outs when you need them, if you're walking guys, that's what I care about. And I, I, I know it's great to strike guys out. It's fantastic, but it's the easiest to strike guys out in this era than it has been in any other era. So I, I'm not too excited about the strikeouts. Um, Quintana, I mean, you and I both compared him to Julio Tehran, and I'm kind of scared that this could be really Julio Tehran. But, um, no, I, I really like what I've seen from Alex Cobb um, and Bundy. I mean, if we don't if we don't extend Bundy soon, I, I don't know what we're doing because that guy has been – unbelievable since he's become an angel yeah you know like i said i'm gonna rattle off a couple stats here angel starters through the first 10 games two and two 47.2 innings pitched they have a 0.8 f4 which is good for 13th tied for 13th in all of baseball they have a 6.04 era which i believe well is one of the worst in baseball they have a couple behind them they have a 3.61 fip they have a 2.94 x fip which is the best the second best in baseball behind the Atlanta Braves and they've struck they've struck out 69 batters in the first 10 games I mean it's looking pretty freaking good so far for the Angels starters minus like I said the the ERA stat which I know runs matter but again you have to assume that Quintana is going to get a little bit better I know you just mentioned the Tehran comp and it is what it is but you know, it's there. There's a lot of upside to this to this starting rotation right now, and it's it's been kind of a lot of fun. So on to the bullpen, which is a spot that needed to be upgraded, and it seems like Paramanesian and staff have kind of done that thus far. Nate, how do you feel about the bullpen so far? So how do I feel about the bullpen, or <laughs> how do I feel about it being used? Well, you can incorporate your usage into. Because I think we feel the same about usage. I really do. I think we both sit and watch games and say, why, why Joe Madden? I'm trying to think of the right words without making it sound really that bad. But like we sit there and we just kind of wonder why some of these moves are made. And Rosella Iglesias is a perfect example. We text each other right when Iglesias comes in in a wrong situation. You know, it's kind of like not knowing your bullpen very well. And it seems kind of like, not to put Madden on blast at all, but that it just kind of seems like that's been the case since Madden has gotten here in in Anaheim. It just it feels like bullpen usage has been been kind of an issue, and you can you can kind of piggyback off that. I know you have some comments 
on on the bullpen side of things. So first off, let, let's give me how do you feel about it, and then you can complain about the usage. No, I, I think they've done a pretty good job out of the pen, honestly. I think Watson's been pretty good. Uh, he was one of my guys that I really liked this offseason. Um, and for us to get him for, for nothing was, was awesome. But I think we've seen a lot of guys throw, throw some pretty good innings. I love seeing Chris Rodriguez out there. Uh, I actually really like the role he's in where it's, you know, just, we're going to use you two, three innings and we'll give you a couple days off and then we'll use you again. Um, I think that's the perfect role for him for right now, but the usage has been frustrating. Um, we're using, we used the Glacius four times in five games and there was only two save opportunities in those five games. Uh, Rossell Iglesias has been very, very vocal in the past about only wanting to pitch in save opportunities. And I know you can, you can get upset about that all you want, Jared. He is a closer, and that is what the closer is supposed to do. Um, but, yeah, he has been very vocal about that, and the Angels have not used him in that way. So I could see him getting very frustrated very quickly here. Um, the, the one that really stands out to me is, I believe it was game two against the White Sox. Down a run in the ninth, and Iglesias is in the game after pitching the night before. That is the most frustrating thing I've seen all year. Um, you had C-Sheck available. You had Watson available. Who Actually, I think they went to both of those in that ninth inning after Iglesias gives up the bomb to Anderson and the uh, base hit after that, and maybe even walked the guy in there. But that was the most frustrating I, I've seen with the bullpen is, like, why? Iglesias had no business being in the game down a run. Uh, Watson, I think – even might have been uh, left, right, left, or right, left, right, where it was Ciszek and Watson. Like one of those guys would have been perfect uh, if it was right, left, right. I have no problem throwing Ciszek out there. If it was left, right, left, uh, Watson would have been perfect. But I'm blanking on. I know it was Anderson, so it was probably right, left, right. Anderson, Eaton, and Abreu would probably be what it was. But so yeah, I don't know why Ciszek didn't start that inning. Um, that was probably the most frustrated I've been with the bullpen the entire season. Yeah, and to be fair, I, I want to take Madden's side just a little bit on this because you see the opportunity to win a game and you want to put in your, in air quotes, best reliever in to keep that game where it is. And the best reliever in that situation was Rysel Iglesias on paper. I know that all everything has come out about Iglesias not wanting to be in non-save situations, and that was one of them, and we saw what happened. But at the same time, you you want to try to win that game. It's not like it was completely out of reach. It's not like it was a two, three, four-run game going into that. It was a one-run game. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a chance, I guess it was the bottom of the order, because I remember saying, you probably why would you walk Pujols and then Otani hit the home run because Otani then comes up in the ninth? I I get it. I do. I I I I understand the frustrations here moving forward with the bullpen. It's something that's going to have to be monitored throughout the year. Is is bullpen usage and in a sense, and I'm going to air quote this mistakes that are that have gone on with with who Joe Madden puts in, and this is something that we. 
it's it's hard to explain something like this because we don't know who really makes these calls. You know, we don't know if it's somebody calling Joe Madden saying, hey, put this guy in because the numbers are right. Hey, put, you know, don't put this guy in because the numbers are right. Or if this is Joe Madden's strict decision, if I had to guess, I would say it's Joe Madden. You know, it's not it's not how the Dodgers play. It's not how the Rays play where their managers are in a sense puppets and doing what the computer tells them to do. I think Joe Madden has a pretty good leash here. And I think these would be Joe Madden's calls. And we've seen in some games it, it, where Alex Claudio comes into games and it's like, why why put in a left-handed reliever who throws 85 miles an hour? This just doesn't seem like the right situation when it's the seventh inning and the Angels are up by one or two runs. I, I think we've seen it twice where he brings in Claudio and it's it, it, we pull out our hair in a sense in when this happens. But I, I do understand in a sense why Madden brought in Iglesias in that situation. Now knowing his background, and Nate, you and I have talked about this many times before, where Iglesias needs to be in only in situations. So I think that's why we pull out our hair so much during that situation. But at the same time, like I said, I, I know I'm going back and forth here a little bit. You want your best reliever in the game in that situation to try to get to the ninth inning in a one run game to try to get the top of the order up. And Otani would have, we can play the would have, could have, should have game all day. Otani would have hit a walk off home run technically because it was a one run game. It ended up being a whole heck of a lot more than that. It was, it was a crazy uh, top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth in that game. And I, I get it, Nate. I, I really, really do. You know, and we, I, I wish there was manager war. I wish we had some type of stat to tell us correct moves that a manager can make. I just don't know if it's if it's possible to do that because there are moves that are beyond knowing like I don't even know how to explain something like that or like would you have a game out of it? Would you have a stat like manager war? You know, I mean, I I I don't even know. Like manager mistakes, how do you calculate a manager mistake? Like, oh, he put in the wrong pitcher here. Why would you put him in? Like, the numbers said this, this, and this. You know, And but but then it goes into playing the numbers game. I feel like I'm just blabbering on here about this, Nate. Like, what, how do how, how do you feel about this? Did, well, did, I, I did look at it, and it was right, right, right for uh, Iglesias in that ninth inning. I had no problem going to Steve Ciszek in there. It got a little bit of a different arm angle. Um a couple years ago against righties, he had a 206 batting average against, which means he does pretty well against the righties. Uh, he's got a good slider, and Tim Anderson swings at first pitch fastball. So I think Ciszek would have been the right play there. Uh, you can argue that Iglesias was the best reliever, but um, I don't know. I think you saw, what was it, two years ago, Iglesias' ERA was one of the worst it, it, it has ever been. He had the most losses uh, in his career that year, and all of his losses, I think all of them except for one, came when they were either tied or, de- or yeah, they were tied. They were not in uh, winning situations. So that's what's been frustrating. Um, and then the other thing, I didn't even bring this up, but we again, we were at the game on Sunday, and you see Griffin Cannon getting loose to come in with a runner on second base in the 10th inning. I know we didn't get to talk about that too much, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that you can go off on that if you would like. 
Yeah, no, I, I, again, I'm with you on that. It, it just felt like in those first, in that first series, the Angels were running through the bullpen like it was must-win World Series games. And I know you want to get off to a hot start, but this, this is this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. I'm 100% with you on that. You know, you, you don't want to blow out your bullpen this early. The Angels just don't have the depth, I don't think, to do that. I feel a little bit better about the depth now after they got C-Sheck and after they got after they got Watson and I think they got Hoyt. Uh, I, I felt a little bit better. But I, I, the Angels just aren't quite built for that, I don't think. I think you need to be a little bit smarter. And I'm not saying the Angels need to just go and throw in a towel in a three-run game in the ninth because anything can happen, or in a two-run game in the ninth, or heck, even a one-run game, which is what we're talking about. But at the same time, you can't go and start warming up your starter. It didn't feel like. It it shouldn't have happened. The Angels should not, and I'll say that right now because I have no issue with saying it, the Angels should not have been warming up their starting pitcher for, it was the next next game, right? Yeah, he was supposed to start Monday night. He was supposed to start Monday against the Astros. There is no reason to be warming up your starting pitcher, especially when you have guys in the bullpen. Granted, I know Chris Rodriguez, I believe, would have he pitched the night before. Maybe he didn't. Maybe that it was an it was an off night that he had the night before. I think you still had Chris Rodriguez in the pen. I think you still had Tony Watson in the pen, and he, you're warming up your starting pitcher. That that just was kind of mind boggling to me in a sense. I didn't quite understand that, and, and there was no reason really for it. I think again, it's a it's it's a marathon. This is not a it's it's not a sprint. You know, the Angels are off to a great start, but you know we're going to talk about injuries here in a second, and there have been quite a few of them so far. Even though the Angels went pretty well through spring without any injuries, so any other questions, comments, complaints about the bullpen or usage or you know anything you've seen in the first ten games? The only thing that I'm going to say is the reason why we're so critical of the way the pitchers have been used is because we're coming off a season that has never happened before. You're coming off a season where there were 60 games played. Um, You really don't know what a pitcher is going to do coming off of throwing 60, 70 innings, and now you're asking him to throw... 200 innings or a reliever who threw 15 20 innings and now you're asking him to throw 65 70 so that's why it's such an issue for us if this was coming off a 162 game season last year and these guys were used to it and they're you know getting back in the swing of things i don't think we'd be this frustrated but um because everyone is so concerned with their pitcher's arms and knowing the angels have had a lot of issues with keeping pitchers healthy, that I think is why Jared and I are so upset. Yep, so before we get on to the injury woes that the Angels have had, we saw a couple injuries come out tonight as well. Nate, what have you been most impressed with thus far through the first 10 games? The offense, the starting pitching, or the bullpen? The bullpen, 100% the bullpen. They've, uh, they've had to throw a lot. We haven't really gone too deep into too many games. I know Bundy's done a pretty good job of going deep, but um, other than that, we've had to use the bullpen a lot, and they have come up clutch when we've needed them. I know Iglesias had one blown save, but you know the offense picked up. I guess the the one thing I'm most imp- impressed with is how clutch the team has been um, as a unit. You know. Oh, I kind of hate you because I was going to say how clutch they've been. 
you know. But uh, but yeah, for me, that's that's what it's been. How clutch they've been. It it it, it just seems like any time they've needed a hit, they've kind of got a hit. And we even saw it tonight. You know, the Angels were up four nothing. All of a sudden, Alex Cobb and I think it was Cishek combined in one inning to give up three. It's four three, and then all of a sudden, it's a it's a nine three ten three ball game if I'm not mistaken. And it was like, wow, the Angel they just turned on the Jets there all of a sudden, and it's been it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Like the hitting just is is it's contagious when everybody's hitting, it's going well, and and if this is as good as it gets, or if it gets even better than this. Man, this season's going to be a lot of fun, and and if it gets worse than this, I, I'm not too upset about it because I know Mike Trout's going to still be hot. I know Rendon's going to be hot, and I know Shohei Otani's going to be going to be lights out. So, let's get on to the injury woes before we get going here. First podcast back, just like starting pitching. I don't want to go too far into the game. I don't want to be sore for tomorrow's podcast, Nate. If you know what I'm saying, so. Let's talk about the injury woes. Dexter Fowler out for the year, torn ACL, unfortunate. I I, I want to address all the injuries first, then we can kind of go back and discuss them. Anthony Rendon was placed on the 10-day IL with, I believe, a groin strain. I don't think he's going to miss any more time than just the 10 games. Uh, Stassi left tonight's game with a jammed thumb. The MRI came. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. The x-rays came back negative, so I'm going to assume he probably will be day-to-day. They might have to put him on the IL now that I'm thinking about it. That's that's pretty tough for a catcher to have a thumb injury, and that's something that I feel like lingers. So you probably want to get that under wraps early in the season. And then Juan Lugares was scratched from tonight's game. Uh, the Angels had to put Jared Walsh in right field. Jose Rojas started the game at third. I think that was going to happen anyways since Rendon was on the IL. And Pujols had to come in and actually start the game at first base, made the the bench a little bit less benchful you know if you know what i'm saying and like i said lagaris was scratched because of a groin injury i think as well uh tightness in his quad calf, calf. one of the two it's something in the legs quad, we were, calf. We were close tightness leg. yeah tightness in the leg area which is always a concern for a defensive minded outfielder so let's first start talking about Dexter Fowler, who was out for the year, tore his ACL. Bigger loss than I think a lot of people are going to make it out to be. I know he's not going to be the biggest statistical monster out there. He's no Mike Trout. He's no Anthony Rendon. But the presence in the clubhouse was huge. Joe Madden mentioned it right away. That was the first thing that popped into my head when the Angels acquired him was the clubhouse presence. I really hope that he is able to hang around the clubhouse and show the young guys what they can do and continue even to show, you know, help out with Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh when whenever they make their, whenever they come up this year, because that's probably right around the corner, especially if the injury woes continue to happen. So, Nate, are you on the same page as me? I mean, tough break for Fowler. I think he's a bigger loss in the clubhouse than he will be on the field. But, I mean, heck, you never know. He, he came up clutch in a few games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Dex, too, I know people are going to be like, well, he's going to be in the clubhouse, he's going to be on the bench, you know, even during this time after surgery and stuff. But it's a lot harder to lead from the bench. It, it is. So it's going to be really hard for him to continue to be the the clubhouse leader as a guy who's not playing. And I know that's not fair, but that's just kind of the way things work. So uh, I think that's going to be a huge issue. Uh, for the clubhouse, they're going to need somebody to to step it up. 
Yep, I, I agree with you there. And Rendon going on the IL is a big loss for the Angels in general. One of the better hitters, Mike Trout's protection. We saw it tonight. Trout, I think, got walked twice before hitting a home run, which I know the home run didn't mean much, but Mike Trout did get walked again intentionally because they didn't, he didn't really have anybody behind him. So, you know, pretty big loss there. It wouldn't surprise me if Mike Trout got walked like, 90 or 100 times within the next five games because Rendon's not behind him. Of course, I'm kidding on those numbers, but do any of these injuries really scare you at all for the upcoming besides, you know, Rendon? I mean, all these players are pretty impactful for the Angels. Yeah, I'm thinking Rendon's could be a a quick one. You know, you you could get like 10, maybe 15 days without Rendon. I I don't think you're going to be without Rendon too long. So, uh, that's yes, it's a, it's an issue, but I don't think it's as big of an issue as you know some of the other injuries we have. Yep, and if Derek was on this podcast, he would mention that all injuries worry him below the waist, if that makes sense, because that's just kind of where the injury woes happen. He's always scared about Mike Trout's injuries being, you know, I think he had what did Trout do? He he hurt his groin, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, which had him miss the whole the rest of the season in 2019, and that was very worrisome for him. And you know, I, I I agree with Derek. Sometimes I think a lot of injuries that pile up start you know in the legs. And I know Derek is a big football guy, and that's how it is in football. But I can also see it happening in in baseball as well. You look at some of the first things to go for Albert Pujols, and that was the knees and the legs, and that's where Pujols had the most injury problems as an angel, and you know he just wasn't the same guy. So hopefully this isn't the a precursor for Anthony Rendon moving forward. But like you said, I don't think it is. So Nate, any final thoughts here before we get going? Uh, I'm really hoping Stassi doesn't miss too much time because I think he's a very very important part for Shohei Otani on the mound. I know we didn't really talk about Otani and the blister. Uh, hopefully he. He, he's supposed he's scheduled to pitch later this week, correct? Yeah, he threw a ten pitch bullpen today. They don't know. I don't think they have a timetable unless something came out in post game. But I didn't hear too much. I didn't see anything about it. So I believe he'll pitch sometime this week. Maybe on his normal Sunday would be my guess. Okay, uh, but I, I do think Stassi plays a big role with Otani because he's typically pretty good behind the plate, and he makes Otani a little bit more comfortable. Uh, just from watching the way Otani works with Suzuki, it, he looks like a completely different pitcher than he does with Stassi. So hopefully that's not a huge issue, and uh, Stassi's back for Otani's next start. And I think Stassi, just his presence behind the plate, when he's good behind the plate, it helps the pitchers tremendously. And not to take away from Suzuki, Suzuki's a really good pitch caller, and I know he's helped us a lot. But In the clubhouse. Uh, Yes, in the clubhouse as well. But when Stassi is back there and he's stealing strikes for them and he's blocking pitches in the dirt, uh, I, I think a lot of the pitchers are just more comfortable. I know when I was pitching, um, if I had a catcher that I knew was going to work hard for me back there, I was really comfortable with a guy who I was like, I don't even know if this guy could catch me. Um, I did not throw as well as I did with my other catchers. So um, I, that could be a big issue if it – if it lingers with Stassi. Yeah, I think if you look 10 years down the road, 
Max Stassi still has a job in the major leagues for the exact same reason that Kurt Suzuki has a job and Jeff Mathis is still playing for the Philadelphia Phillies. Because of how good of a catcher he is and how well he leads his leads the pitching staff. I, I, I could really see that. Max Stassi is not going to be a Hall of Famer. Kurt Suzuki is not a Hall of Famer. Jeff Mathis is not a Hall of Famer. But they've had jobs into their late 30s playing Major League Baseball for one reason and one reason only. Well, probably for a couple reasons. But because they are fantastic clubhouse man leaders, they call great games, and they know how to control the pitchers, young and old. They are great at what they do. They are great at their job description, description which is catching. And, and that's going to be how Max Stassi is down the road. I hope he's an angel for a real long time. So, guys... Look out for the next podcast. Two pitchers between me, myself, who was a former pitcher, Nate, who was a former pitcher, are going to break down the, I don't even know how to explain it, you know, the sticky stuff. We're going to talk about sticky stuff. Pitchers using sticky stuff. Doctoring the baseball. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to give our breakdown on that, have some hopefully super insightful, fun stories about all this stuff. I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, but just look out for that next podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun doing that. So, guys, as always... Subscribe to this podcast, send it to a friend, let them know we are the best Angels podcast out there, and follow us on all our social medias. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. If you want to go complain to Nate about all his complaints, go do that. Go on to go follow him on Twitter at NateGreen34. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.